All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limitless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Ryan. Today, I have my really good friend, Juliana. Juliana is an absolute amazing badass. She is a marketing strategist. She's come from being a bootstrapped business owner to being one of the most successful women I know. She wears a bunch of different hats. She can help a company grow through their bottlenecks. She can really figure out all these marketing strategies to take her clients to the next level. She's taught at Vanderbilt University and many others. So guys, please welcome me to welcome Juliana to the show. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya, functional cardiologist, high-performance coach and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. So, Juliana, um, I know we've worked together for a while. It's been really fun. But tell me the number one thing you see that business owners mess up on. I think the number one thing that business owners mess up on is failing to keep their end goal in mind. They get bogged down in the day-to-day, they get knee-deep in all the things and see these fires popping up everywhere that they feel they need to have their attention to, and they lose focus. And when business owners lose focus of what their core end goal is, that's what invites chaos into their operations. When they lose focus, is it shiny objects? Is it, hey, they're taking, taking you know, as a business owner, I know there's all these things that are coming at us, and we're like, oh, I need to put out that, that fire, put out that fire, put out that fire. But are they losing focus on the big picture or, or on their core offering or, or perhaps it's shiny objects? What is it? So it could be a combination of the three. I find that when people are willing to keep their core focus in absolute clarity and have the flexibility to pivot in how they execute to get to that core focus, good things happen. However, when they get bogged down in the minutiae, when they get overloaded and overwhelmed with all the to-do tasks and forget what their end goal is, that's when things start to fall apart. So it could be shiny object syndrome. It could be getting knee deep in the day-to-day and not delegating appropriately or deleting as often is the case. Um, But I would say the number one thing business owners need to focus on is to keep that core goal in mind and be very flexible in how they're willing to execute on that goal. So let's, let's do this. Let's have a couple of scenarios here. So we have like a physician with like a, you know, a couple of doctors in his practice and he, he they're, they're trying to grow, but um, you know, a lot of times they don't look at KPIs or metrics. Uh, a lot of times, you know, last year was the same as this year as the same as next year. Uh, what would you recommend for someone like that? Like they really want to break out of their like stagnation as a yeah. physician in a clinic. Yeah, absolutely. For So the very first thing is you need to know exactly where you're at. You mentioned KPIs and if you don't measure, you can't know, which means you can't grow. So there are some key things you need to have an eye on and know your numbers. You need to be metric-minded if you want to improve. So um, things that you would be looking at, for example, is how many clients do you have? How many patients do you have coming into your practice? How many are repeat? How, what's the lifetime um, value, if you will, of those patients? How many new patients do you have coming in? What type of um, uh, churn do you have or people that are leaving your practice? Once you understand your baseline numbers of who is seeking your services. Once you understand the numbers of how much margin you have on the services that you are providing and knowing 
and what type of um, numbers you have with regards to actually running your practice, you can put some structures into place to have a data-driven approach to your growth. So you know exactly where you are and what levers you need to pull in order to reach those business goals you've identified. You know, I love, I love that. If you, if you don't know, you can't grow. I love that. And then I like the data driven approach to growth, right? A lot of people, um, it's all emotions, it's feelings, it's just like just general things, or they just look at revenue, but that's not, that's not enough. If you really want to become a multi-figure business, if you want to eventually be sold to private equity or whatever that exit goal is for you, or sell that business to a hospital or another group, you really have to have that profitability up there. And so it has to go beyond just revenue. Precisely. Um, tell me how you, you've been able to help grow certain companies from, you said two X is like on the low end, but you've 30 X some companies. Yeah. What, what do you think of the lessons like physicians who listen to this podcast? If they're, you know, if they're in private practice, if they're a doctorpreneur, if they're, you know, maybe doctors doing side hustles, what are the, some of the lessons they can learn from your 30 Xing some of your company's experience? Absolutely. Well, the most important thing is to make sure that how you are generating revenue is aligned with who you are as an entrepreneur. And so there are a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs out there that have a business and it could be providing a service that they're really good at, but their heart just isn't there. And that doesn't mean they can't have a successful business and that they can't grow it. They're, obviously, you can grow those. But the ones that experience that hyper growth have that alignment for what they truly love doing. They feel like that this is what they were born to do. And they've paired that with a business offering. When you have that sort of alignment, that's where I see that turbocharged growth. So that's the first thing. Make sure that you're in alignment. The second thing is making sure you have a strong team around you. Because if you do not have a strong team, you will not hit that 30x growth because you cannot do all the things. I don't care how smart or how well-educated or what type of network you have. If you aren't leveraging the relationships to bring a close um, close circle of, of compatriots to help you in your endeavor, you will not see that maximum growth. And along with that is making sure that each person on your team, especially in that, that inner circle of your team, knows exactly how they can help the idea grow fast. That means having very bright lines on the lanes you want everyone to run in so they can go fast together. That's awesome. So guys, that hyper growth that we're all seeking, you know, from 10X growth to up to 30X growth, uh, the passion and the business have to be in alignment. So the passion of the business owner and then the business offering, the actual, the, the offer that you're giving to the, to the clients, to customers, to patients, having that strong team in place, right? Uh, to get to your, you know, dream, you need a team. And, um, and then also, you know, if I had to add a stack on what she's saying, I say, learn to delegate, but not abdicate, right? You have Absolutely. to hold them res responsible and, and let them play in their lanes. Let them make sure they're in their zone of genius. You're in your zone of genius. And together one plus one equals like 30 versus, you know, you, you, you being a bottleneck or they're being a bottleneck. Um, so I would think hiring is, is one of the core skills you bring to a company perhaps, or like at least identifying talent. Can you, can you speak on that? Yeah, absolutely. Identifying talent is something I, I help my clients with. Um, being able to know who has got the appropriate skill set and also the appropriate drive to sit in that seat. The other thing is taking a look at your existing team and finding a good match for the personalities that already exist. 
when you work in collaboration, you could have the most awesome um, set of skills, but if you lack the interpersonal capabilities to communicate effectively and, and to move the ball forward, you will not have the exponential growth as if you had someone that might be a little bit less on the skill set side, but understands how to work as a team to grow effectively. So in addition to having a great skill set, a great um, approach and work ethic, having the interpersonal skills, feeling some of those soft skill dynamics is really important as well. So uh, help me understand something. So you've worked with some of the best of the best. How do you see their companies in terms of commonality or patterns of success or patterns of being legendary? Like what are the best of the best doing that we need to learn from? So the best of the best have a, well, I call them a mad genius for their visionary leader. They are obsessed with what they have to offer the world. They have complete confidence in the ability of their company making a true difference. And they genuinely care. They are customer centric, focused on that end user and making sure that end user has an incredible interface with what they have to offer. Those things are primary and those are across the board. The companies I work with who've experienced hyper growth have those elements in common. So you're saying these guys are mad geniuses? Yes, absolutely. And I say that lovingly, right? It's not like a um, scary Frankenstein sort of um, circumstance whatsoever. It's, it's these guys and gals who are absolutely obsessed with their end client's success and know that what their company has to offer is key to them unlocking the success and potential that they have. So that's, that's where that comes from. So they're, 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 you, you mentioned like a visionary leader. They have like a compelling uh, reason to help the world. And then they are so client centric. And a lot of times, you know, uh, I've been trying to use this uh, in my companies, as you know, we've been trying to do the, the Ritz Carlton approach or like sort of the four seasons approach. And really just like, you know, there's a book that just came out uh, called Unreasonable Hospitality. And just like, how do you over deliver, right? How do you like make them say, wow, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, can you maybe guide uh, our, the doctors who listen to this podcast, maybe some things that they can do to make create that wow in their experience for their, uh, their patients or their clients? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the philosophies I like to share is the surprise and delight. Mm. And so when you can um, execute your services and add an element of surprise and delight into that process, it's a win every single time. So here's an example. When you onboard a new patient, there are certain forms and experiences that every, every um, practitioner has to go through. At the end of that, if there's an opportunity to surprise and delight the new patient, whether it's with a special welcome bonus, and it doesn't even need to be something very expensive. It could even be a collection of um, online resources, or perhaps it is a handwritten note for one of your clients that's come in new to the office to let them know that as an individual, they matter and that their presence is welcomed and appreciated in your practice goes a really, really long way. That's a communication that is not standard. It's something that will surprise that new patient and also delight them. So any time you have an opportunity to build in an opportunity to surprise and delight, I say two thumbs up. You know, you have this chaos killer system. And why do you call it that, by the way? Well, because a lot of the businesses that I work with have already achieved a certain level of success but they have done that in a way that is absolutely chaotic. It's a lot of activity, a lot of stuff going on, 
Nobody's quite sure what's working and what's not working, but they don't want to stop any of it because they don't want to stop the stuff that could be working because they don't have it organized. And when I come in to work with the client, I'm able to bring a structure and a framework to evaluate what their baseline is, to identify what the necessary activities are to help them reach the goals that they've shared with me and give an opportunity to kill the chaos in their business operations so that they can focus on growth and they can also focus on product delivery. You are looking to serve a client really, really well. You're not necessarily looking on how do I create this content or implement or what campaigns. That should not be part of the headache you have every day. And so that's the piece and confidence I bring to clients that I work with. So a lot of times, you know, uh, I, I, I take this uh, thing that I learned from Joe Polish, who talks about easy, lucrative, and fun versus hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. Elf yes. versus half. Yes. I find, you know, many businesses are in half where it's, there's they're, they're, they're so much resistance. They're just struggling to get to that, a goal. And it shouldn't have to be that way. And it sounds like some of the chaos that you remove is a lot of that resistance. Um, what, what, what business systems do you think uh, most clinicians or most businesses should have operating? Like, uh, is there some kind of business system you recommend? Uh, so I might need you to rephrase the question. But sure. I can tell you that the systems that are necessary is you need to absolutely have a, a lead acquisition system, an onboarding system, a system that manages the contacts you already have in-house and segments them so you can message them appropriately. You need to have a product delivery system. And then you need to have an offboarding system as well. If a client chooses to disengage or you choose to disengage for any reason, there should be a process so that you can close the loop professionally and also set yourself up for future success. Simply because someone has decided not to engage in business with you anymore does not mean that they are necessarily lost as a contact or even a potential referral source in the future. That's awesome. I, I was also uh, I was also sort of leaning into maybe like, um, uh, you know, how many companies use EOS, uh, right. uh, scaling up. So is, are, do you find those kind of business systems common in like ultra successful companies? Yes, yes. And um, I don't necessarily have a specific um, brand loyalty to one or the other, but I can tell you the ones that have been most successful have adopted a system like EOS or um, traction or scaling up or using something like um, OKRs in their, in their processes. And everyone on board understands not only the system, but the role they play within that system and how their work helps the unit as the whole get better. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, you know, you've taught at universities and you've learned from real life entrepreneurs in their businesses. How do you, how do you correlate that disconnect? Because I feel like what, what, what our kids are taught in schools or in universities, it's not applicable in real life. And are you able to navigate that, um, with from traditional education toward of like real life education? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best things about traditional education is that you are able to convey concepts so that you understand frameworks at a theoretical level. What I love though about the real world business learning is that then you have the opportunity to implement the theories that you have learned or should have learned to see what happens in a live environment. The cool thing about that is that you don't necessarily have to have an advanced degree or even a bachelor's degree to be successful in business. However, you do need to have an understanding of these 
basic business principles, or in my world, basic direct response marketing principles, and understand how to implement that in a live circumstance. So yes, there's a lot of crossover that I see. You know, marketing, uh, you know, there's more and more I get into business and entrepreneurship, I'm realizing just how important it is. Um, why do you think it's so difficult for many businesses to succeed in, in marketing? Or why is that a why is that a challenge for many people? Because people did not go into business to go into marketing and they forgot that anytime you have a product or service to offer, by definition, you're in marketing. And so having the skill set to cleanly articulate your offer, to easily identify who in the market you serve, and most importantly, how you make that end user's life better because you're in business is a non-negotiable. If you are not able to do those things, you will not succeed in business. What, uh, who are your mentors and who are people that you learn from? And maybe what are some of the books that, that help guide you in your, in your path to, to where you are now? Uh, so I am a bit of a book junkie and I am, um, a fan of Craig Valentine, fan of Russell Brunson, fan of Michael Hyatt. I love books that, um, relate specifically to marketing. Um, Cialdini has some great books about um, awareness and the psychological influence that marketing has on various um, various segments of a population and how to identify those segments and how to appropriately message to that. For direct response copy, uh, Ray Edwards is my mentor. So I'm a certified direct response copywriter. I studied under Ray Edwards for a number of years and I'm, I'm really proud to have received that um, accreditation from him and have learned so much about how to leverage language to get to the next yes. And at the end of the day, so often we get so um, just diffuse in our attention. There's so many things going on, so many plates spinning. And really it's remembering that in order to be successful, we need to just get to that next yes and narrowing our focus, narrowing the conversations that we can move, just move the ball forward to get to our ultimate goal. So as we wrap up here, Juliana, that's been a phenomenal uh, breadth of education you've been sharing with our listeners. Uh, what's, what's the impact you want to have on the world? My goal is to amplify good. And I would love at my eulogy that someone stands up and says, Juliana Stokursky made a difference in my life because she made my life better. And if I can do that, it will have been a life well lived. That's awesome. And how can people get to know you, learn more about you, be in your ecosystem and universe? Yes, absolutely. They can find me uh, online. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn forward slash Juliana Stokursky, which I know is a really long, hard name. And because of that, I named my company Mercer Franklin. And so you can find me at mercerfranklin.com, which is significantly more easy to spell. <laughs> and you can find me online there. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Juliana. Really appreciate you. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And uh, thank you for sharing all your wisdom with our listeners. All right, pleasure. guys, until next time, you know what to do. Be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.